episode four. Welcome back to the Illustrated Agile podcast, or if you are a first-time listener, thanks for joining our little podcast journey here. My name is Len Lagesty, and this week we're going to talk about how to make myself no longer needed. Actually, the blog post is titled An Exit Strategy for the Agile Coach. If you haven't had a chance to read it, feel free just to pause here. Uh, as throughout this episode, I'll be referring back to the content in the post. You could find it at illustratedagile.com. The post itself actually turned out to be uh, longer than I originally thought it would, but this is a pretty broad topic, and it uh, typically covers a timeline of maybe three to six months or more uh, with many nuances, twists, and turns. So let's dig right in. The primary purpose of the post was to stress the urgent needs inside organizations from two dimensions, one from the reason most companies want to be agile, to be faster at a lower cost, and the second, to improve the culture and engagement of the workforce. This is a tricky predicament as it's pretty rare that someone calls up and says, hey, I want to do this agile thing so we can have a better culture. It's almost always we need to deliver faster or reduce costs. So as agile coaches, it's a delicate balance to coach a team or department to produce results while also using this opportunity to improve the workplace for many in the corporate world who are struggling. The longer I've done this, though, the more I truly believe it's possible to have both results and a healthy, vibrant culture. I said it in episode one, you just need to do the work. And this post explains how to do that work. Now, as I wrote in the post, there's nothing new or unique about the approach to coaching that was outlined in this post. Uh, I'm truly standing on the shoulders of giants and have learned from so many amazing people who are doing much, uh, much the same thing. But I believe it's just a good mental model to follow throughout my time coaching. I'll just keep asking myself, you know, where are we collectively? So the broader organization as we're working through this change into a new uh, way of working on our journey and where are people individually on their journey. So people handle change differently and at different timelines, and it all starts the first day that I arrive. As I was writing this blog post, I was trying to think back to all the past first days that I've had recently, and there's always this bit of nervous energy during this initial window of when people are feeling each other out. There's this combination of nervousness, including my own, but uh, others probably thinking and asking, you know, what's going to happen to me? How will this new way of working affect me? And then there's also people who are quite skeptical, like, what do you have that I don't have? What will you as a coach be able to do to help me? And then there's also these objectors that oftentimes will speak up and say, this is never going to work, or I've tried Agile before and I hated it, but this nervousness and skepticism and objections are all quite natural. So throughout this time of arrival, I do a lot of listening and I'll just watch and then slowly start sharing stories and experiences. So obviously it helps to have experiences and stories to share. Uh, slowly you'll find uh, people who are a little bit more interested in your stories than others. And uh, these are uh, the catalysts. And I talked about this in the post by uh, finding the ones that you could anchor this change around. Uh, these catalysts are often kind of the early adopters and maybe a bit fearless 
and uh, maybe the ones who um, just want to try something new or maybe at the end of their rope and are like, boy, I just want to try something different. And I believe uh, that maybe what uh, what we have, we could take this opportunity to make something really cool out of it. So I'll oftentimes find those catalysts, find those folks who have the most interest, and I'll just slowly start teaching with them. So in that teaching piece that we've got in uh, in the blog post, there's just teaching period of teaching. Well, you'll need to build out some curriculum. So as you can imagine, given the the title of the the blog and the podcast, I'm not a huge believer in uh, massive presentations or slides. There's always a time for them. But uh, as you create your own uh, teaching approach, build on all the great teaching sessions you've participated in. Think back on those memorable times you've been taught that resonated with you and left you inspired. Pull in those techniques, pull in your own techniques, mix in your own style and personality, and soon you'll have something that's uniquely yours. For me, I always start teaching with values and principles. I talk about how values are the things we believe to be true and principles are the things we do every day to prove that we really believe it. This becomes the anchors for future conversations as we navigate the modeling, coaching, and connecting steps we'll talk about in just a little bit. This also allows the organization to begin thinking about the non-negotiable behaviors we hold each other accountable to in this new world. And then I'll teach just enough of the mechanics for them to get started, but get out of the classroom and into real life as quick as possible. They may not be fully confident in this new way of working, which is fine and expected, so often show them an approach that I might use in their new roles and in this new way of working. Obviously, in order to model activities and behaviors and show somebody how to do it, you're probably gonna need some experience, so if you're a little unsure of how to model certain behaviors and activities, pair up with another Agile coach and watch and take notes. I still personally love watching other coaches do their thing and I learn something new every time. So take every opportunity that you can to kind of study those that are having some significant impact and and learn from them. Uh, But I think modeling should go beyond just the mechanics of how to perform in certain roles, such as how to write user stories or how to facilitate a retrospective, but make sure to model this new culture. So this may mean showing how to have challenging and respectful conversations and providing feedback as real opportunity for growth of an individual by really caring for them. You may need to model listening. You may need to model how to treat each other, model the behaviors based on values and principles. So it's important to do this as people who may have never spoken up in the past will realize it's okay to share what I'm thinking. This outside influence that you have as a coach could be just the opening that these folks need. And uh, it's uh, people have been kind of bottled up for so long, uh, I feel, that um, oftentimes a coach just kind of stepping in a little bit and being brave will allow others to feel that same sense of bravery. But similar to teaching, I try to get out of modeling and doing and interacting as quickly as possible so I can really do what I'm there to do. And that's to be a coach, to be an encourager, to be someone who makes others feel like they can change the world. To do this, While I'm coaching, I try to become smaller and smaller so those being coached feel bigger and stronger and more empowered. What this looks like physically 
is I'm actually moving a little farther away each day and almost testing to see whether folks take ownership and can start doing things on their own. In uh, comparison to modeling when I'm right in the middle of things, during this period, I, I just listen and I watch and I'll provide support and coaching is needed. And when I do need to coach, I will often do it through the Scrum Master. There's a tendency, at least for me, to coach at individuals and teams, but I've found much more success coaching through others. With the Scrum Masters, they begin to take over much of the coaching with the teams that I was doing. And a good test of this is when they begin to teach new team members how their new environment works. So they start taking over that teaching process. The teaching, modeling, coaching, and connecting sections start blending together, which is why having a mental model helps. Throughout a day, you could easily bounce through these uh, every hour. So one team might be farther along. So coaching is the emphasis, while I might still be modeling with a product owner on another team. And as a coach gains more and more experience, it becomes much more natural to know when to make these shifts in the level of coaching intensity and your presence. Now, throughout this journey, I'm looking to bring together as many communities as I can. Many start at a role level, try and get groups of product owners and developers or testers or scrum masters together to talk about how they are doing their work and what they can learn from each other. It's, uh, it's always fun for me to see these groups start to flourish and when they become self-organizing and when they are starting to have meaningful conversations inside those groups and starting to course correct and uh, build on the things that I may have taught or modeled with them, then I know that um, the time's getting close for me to, to leave and allow them to continue on with this journey on their own. As I was writing this post, it certainly caused me to think about the latest times that I've had to leave organizations after my coaching has been been through. And uh, all those thoughts have been uh, full of pride, but with tinges of sadness because I've made uh, so many connections and friendships. So that's always the tough part. We oftentimes go through the trenches with, uh, with many folks as we go through this. This is, you know, we talked about doing the work and sometimes this is really hard work. And uh, when you're with people all the time, you make some really strong connections. Uh, so that is always tough, but uh, I'll always be grateful that people allowed me to share a bit of their life with me. So now I may be leaving, but I try not to go too far. I'll attempt to stay connected with as many people as I can, not only just to keep in touch with them because they were cool people and I liked hanging out with them, but uh, also so they can teach me what has been working and not working. You know, how are the communities? Have they stayed connected? Have they become self-healing, self-organizing, a learning and evolving organization? This allows me to learn and the students become the teacher. And that's the subtitle of the post. The end is the beginning when the students begin teaching the teacher. And uh, when that starts happening, uh, a big grin certainly comes on my face. A quick note as we wrap up this episode about the future of this podcast, I mentioned in episode one that this was a four episode experiment. 
I'm happy to announce that the experiment has worked, I think. I've enjoyed putting these together and I'm getting some great feedback from folks. So please continue to send feedback to podcast at illustratedagile.com. And also, if you don't mind, please go and rate the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. That's kind of a big deal for these things uh, I'm hearing. So the next experiment is I'm going to try to put together four episode seasons and each season will have a theme. I have four seasons mapped out, I think, and the next season, what I'm calling season two, will be about the nature of change in organizations and how we can navigate an ever-changing world together. This next season will start up in two weeks, so look for the first episode of season two on November 13th. So until next season, thanks so much for coming on this journey with me so far. This is the Illustrated Agile Podcast.